0: The Law School of America. Salary. As of 2018, Associate Justices receive a yearly salary of $255,300 and the Chief Justices pay $267,000 per year. Article 3, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution prohibits Congress from reducing the pay for incumbent justices. Once a justice meets age and service requirements, the justice may retire. Judicial pensions are based on the same formula used for federal employees, but a justice's pension, as with other federal courts' judges, can never be less than their salary at the time of retirement. Judicial leanings. Although justices are nominated by the President in power, and receive confirmation by the Senate, justices do not represent or receive official endorsements from political parties, as is accepted practice in the legislative and executive branches. Jurists are, however informally categorized in legal and political circles as being judicial conservatives, moderates, or liberals. Such leanings, however, generally refer to legal outlook rather than a political or a legislative one. The nominations of justices are endorsed by individual politicians in the legislative branch who vote their approval or disapproval of the nominated justice. The ideologies of jurists can be measured and compared with several metrics, including the Siegel Cover Score, Martin Quinn Score, And Judicial Common Space Score. Following the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett in 2020, the Court currently consists of six justices appointed by Republican presidents and three appointed by Democratic presidents. It is popularly accepted that Chief Justice Roberts and Associate Justices Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, appointed by Republican presidents, compose the Court's conservative wing. Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, appointed by Democratic presidents, composed the court's liberal wing. Gorsuch had a track record as a reliably conservative judge in the Tenth Circuit. Kavanaugh was considered one of the more conservative judges in the D.C. Circuit prior to his appointment to the Supreme Court. Likewise, Barrett's brief track record on the Seventh Circuit is conservative. Prior to Justice Ginsburg's death, Chief Justice Roberts was considered the court's median justice, in the middle of the ideological spectrum, with four justices more liberal and four more conservative than him making him the ideological center of the court. Tom Goldstein argued in an article in Scottu's blog in 2010, that the popular view of the Supreme Court was sharply divided along ideological lines and each side pushing an agenda at every turn is in significant part a caricature designed to fit certain preconceptions. He pointed out that in the 2009 term, almost half the cases were decided unanimously, and only about 20% were decided by a 5-4 vote. Barely one in ten cases involved the narrow liberal slash conservative divide, fewer of the cases where Sotomayor recused herself are not included. He also pointed to several cases that defied the popular conception of the ideological lines of the court. Goldstein further argued that the large number of pro criminal defendant summary dismissals, usually cases where the justices decide that the lower courts significantly misapplied precedent and reverse the case without briefing or argument, were an illustration that the conservative justices had not been aggressively ideological. Likewise, Goldstein stated that the critique that the liberal justices are more likely to invalidate acts of Congress, show inadequate deference to the political process, and be disrespectful of precedent, also lacked merit, Thomas has most often called for overruling prior precedent, even if long-standing that he views as having been wrongly decided, and during the 2009 term Scalia and Thomas voted most often to invalidate legislation. According to statistics compiled by Scott Blog. in the 12 terms from 2000 to 2011, an average of 19 of the opinions on major issues, 22%, were decided by a 5-4 vote with an average of 70% of those split opinions decided by a court divided along the traditionally perceived ideological lines, about 15% of all opinions issued. Over that period, the conservative bloc has been in the majority about 62% of the time that the court has divided along ideological lines, which represents about 44% of all the 5-4 decisions. In the October 2010 term, The court decided 86 cases, including 75 signed opinions and five summary reversals, where the court reverses a lower court without arguments and without issuing an opinion on the case. Four were decided with unsigned opinions, two cases affirmed by an equally divided court, and two cases were dismissed as improvidently granted. Justice Kagan recused herself from 26 of the cases due to her prior role as United States Solicitor General. Of the 80 cases, 38 about 48%, the highest percentage since the October 2005 term, were decided unanimously, 9 to 0 or 8 to 0, and 16 decisions were made by a 5 to 4 vote, about 20%, compared to 18% in the October 2009 term and 29% in the October 2008 term. However, in 14 of the 16 5 to 4 decisions, the court divided along the traditional ideological lines with Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan on the liberal side, and Roberts, Scalia, Thomas, and Alito on the conservative, and Kennedy providing the swing vote. This represents 87% of those 16 cases, the highest rate in the past 10 years. The conservative bloc, joined by Kennedy, formed the majority in 63% of the 5-4 decisions, the highest cohesion rate of that bloc in the Roberts court. The October 2017 term had a low rate of unanimous rulings, with only 39 percent of the cases decided by unanimous rulings, the lowest percentage since the October 2008 term when 30 percent of rulings were unanimous. Chief Justice Roberts was in the majority most often, 68 out of 73 cases, or 93.2 percent, with retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy in second, 67 out of 73 cases, or 91.8 percent. This was typical of the Roberts Court, in which Roberts and Kennedy had been in the majority most frequently in all terms except for the 2013 and 2014 terms, though Kennedy was in the top on both those terms. Justice Sotomayor was the justice least likely to be in the majority, in 50 out of 73 cases, or 68.5 percent. The highest agreement between justices was between Ginsburg and Sotomayor, who agreed on 95.8 percent of the cases followed by Thomas and Alito agreeing on 93% of cases. There were 19 cases that were decided by a 5-4 vote, 26% of the total cases, 74% of those cases, 14 out of 19, broke along ideological lines, and for the first time in the Roberts Court, all of those resulted in a conservative majority, with Roberts, Kennedy, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch on the majority. The October 2018 Term Which saw the replacement of Anthony Kennedy by Brett Kavanaugh, once again saw a low rate of unanimity. Only 28 of 71 decided cases were decided by a unanimous court, about 39% of the cases. Of these, only 19 cases had the justices in total agreement. Chief Justice Roberts was once again the justice most often in the majority, 61 out of 72 cases, or 85% of the time. Though Kavanaugh had a higher percentage of times in the majority, he did not participate in all cases, voting in the majority 58 out of 64 times, or 91% of the cases in which he participated. Of the justices who participated in all 72 cases, Kagan and Alito tied in second place, voting in the majority 59 out of 72 times, or 82% of the time. Looking only at cases that were not decided unanimously, Roberts and Kavanaugh were the most frequently in the majority. 33 cases, with Roberts being in the majority in 75% of the divided cases, and Kavanaugh in 85% of the divided cases he participated in. Of 20 cases that were decided by a vote of 5 to 4, 8 featured the conservative justices in the majority, Roberts, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, and 8 had the liberal justices, Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, joined by a conservative. Gorsuch was the most frequent, joining them four times, and the remaining conservative justices joining the liberals once each. The remaining four cases were decided by different coalitions. The highest agreement between justices was between Roberts and Kavanaugh, who agreed at least in judgment 94% of the time, the second highest agreement was again between Ginsburg and Sotomayor, who agreed 93% of the time. The highest rate of full agreement was between Ginsburg and Kagan, 82% of the time closely followed by Roberts and Alito, Ginsburg and Sotomayor, and Breyer and Kagan, 81% of the time. The largest rate of disagreement was between Thomas and both Ginsburg and Sotomayor, Thomas disagreed with each of them 50% of the time. Facilities. The Supreme Court first met on February 1, 1790, at the Merchants Exchange Building in New York City. When Philadelphia became the capital, The court met briefly in Independence Hall before settling in Old City Hall from 1791 until 1800. After the government moved to Washington, D.C., the court occupied various spaces in the United States Capitol Building until 1935, when it moved into its own purpose built home. The four story building was designed by Cass Gilbert in a classical style sympathetic to the surrounding buildings of the Capitol and Library of Congress, and is clad in marble. The building includes the courtroom justices chambers, an extensive law library, various meeting spaces, and auxiliary services including a gymnasium. The Supreme Court building is within the ambit of the architect of the Capitol, but maintains its own police force separate from the Capitol Police. Located across 1st Street from the United States Capitol at 1 1st Street Northeast and Maryland Avenue, the building is open to the public from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. weekdays but closed on weekends and holidays visitors may not tour the actual courtroom unaccompanied. There is a cafeteria, a gift shop, exhibits, and a half-hour informational film. When the court is not in session, lectures about the courtroom are held hourly from 9:30 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. and reservations are not necessary. When the court is in session the public may attend oral arguments, which are held twice each morning, and sometimes afternoons, on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays in two-week intervals from October through late April, With breaks during December and February. Visitors are seated on a first come first served basis. One estimate is there are about 250 seats available. The number of open seats varies from case to case. For important cases, some visitors arrive the day before and wait through the night. From mid May until the end of June, the court releases orders and opinions beginning at 10 a.m., and these 15 to 30 minute sessions are open to the public on a similar basis. Supreme Court police are available to answer questions jurisdiction Congress is authorized by Article 3 of the Federal Constitution to regulate the Supreme Court's appellate jurisdiction The Supreme Court has original and exclusive jurisdiction over cases between two or more states but may decline to hear such cases It also possesses original but not exclusive jurisdiction to hear all actions or proceedings to which ambassadors other public ministers consuls or vice consuls of foreign states are parties All controversies between the United States and a state and all actions or proceedings by a state against the citizens of another state or against aliens. In 1906, the court asserted its original jurisdiction to prosecute individuals for contempt of court in United States v. Ship. The resulting proceeding remains the only contempt proceeding and only criminal trial in the court's history. The contempt proceeding arose from the lynching of Ed Johnson in Chattanooga, Tennessee the evening after Justice John Marshall Harlan granted Johnson a stay of execution to allow his lawyers to file an appeal. Johnson was removed from his jail cell by a lynch mob, aided by the local sheriff who left the prison virtually unguarded, and hung from a bridge, after which a deputy sheriff pinned a note on Johnson's body reading, to Justice Harlan. Come get your nigger now. The local sheriff, John Shipp, cited the Supreme Court's intervention as the rationale for the lynching. The court appointed its deputy clerk as special master to preside over the trial in Chattanooga with closing arguments made in Washington before the Supreme Court justices, who found nine individuals guilty of contempt, sentencing three to 90 days in jail and the rest to 60 days in jail. In all other cases, however, the court has only appellate jurisdiction, including the ability to issue writs of mandamus and writs of prohibition to lower courts. It considers cases based on its original jurisdiction very rarely. Almost all cases are brought to the Supreme Court on appeal. In practice, the only original jurisdiction cases heard by the court are disputes between two or more states. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. The court's appellate jurisdiction consists of appeals from federal courts of appeal, through certiorari, Sir certiorari Sir before judgment, and certified questions, the United States Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, through certiorari the Supreme Court of Puerto Rico, through certiorari, the Supreme Court of the Virgin Islands, through certiorari, the District of Columbia Court of Appeals, through certiorari, and final judgments or decrees rendered by the highest court of a state in which a decision could be had, through certiorari. In the last case, an appeal may be made to the Supreme Court from a lower state court if the state's highest court declined to hear an appeal or lacks jurisdiction to hear an appeal. For example, A decision rendered by one of the Florida District Courts of Appeal can be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court if a. the Supreme Court of Florida declined to grant certiorari, for example, Florida Star v. B. J. F., or b. the District Court of Appeal issued a per curiam decision simply affirming the lower court's decision without discussing the merits of the case, since the Supreme Court of Florida lacks jurisdiction to hear appeals of such decisions. The power of the Supreme Court to consider appeals from state courts rather than just federal courts, was created by the Judiciary Act of 1789 and upheld early in the court's history, by its rulings in Martin v. Hunter's Lessee, 1816, and Cohen's v. Virginia, 1821. The Supreme Court is the only federal court that has jurisdiction over direct appeals from state court decisions, although there are several devices that permit so-called collateral review of state cases. It has to be noted that this collateral review often only applies to individuals on death row and not through the regular judicial system. Since Article 3 of the United States Constitution stipulates that federal courts may only entertain cases or controversies, the Supreme Court cannot decide cases that are moot and it does not render advisory opinions, as the Supreme Courts of some states may do. For example, in De Funis v. Odegaard, 1974, The court dismissed a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of a law school affirmative action policy because the plaintiff student had graduated since he began the lawsuit, and a decision from the court on his claim would not be able to redress any injury he had suffered. However, the court recognizes some circumstances where it is appropriate to hear a case that is seemingly moot. If an issue is capable of repetition yet evading review, the court will address it even though the party before the court would not themselves be made whole by a favorable result. In Roe v. Wade, 1973, and other abortion cases, the court addresses the merits of claims pressed by pregnant women seeking abortions even if they are no longer pregnant because it takes longer than the typical human gestation period to appeal a case through the lower courts to the Supreme Court. Another mootness exception is voluntary cessation of unlawful conduct, in which the court considers the probability of recurrence and plaintiffs' need for relief. Justices as Circuit Justices The United States is divided into 13 circuit courts of appeals, each of which is assigned a circuit justice from the Supreme Court. Although this concept has been in continuous existence throughout the history of the Republic, its meaning has changed through time. Under the Judiciary Act of 1789, each justice was required to ride circuit, or to travel within the assigned circuit and consider cases alongside local judges. This practice encountered opposition from many justices, who cited the difficulty of travel. Moreover, There was a potential for a conflict of interest on the court if a justice had previously decided the same case while writing circuit. Circuit riding ended in 1901, when the Circuit Court of Appeals Act was passed, and circuit riding was officially abolished by Congress in 1911. The circuit justice for each circuit is responsible for dealing with certain types of applications that, under the court's rules, may be addressed by a single justice. These include applications for emergency stays, including stays of execution in death penalty cases, and injunctions pursuant to the all Writs Act arising from cases within that circuit, as well as routine requests such as requests for extensions of time. In the past, circuit justices also sometimes ruled on motions for bail in criminal cases, writs of habeas corpus, and applications for writs of error granting permission to appeal. Ordinarily, A justice will resolve such an application by simply endorsing it granted or denied or entering a standard form of order. However, the justice may elect to write an opinion, referred to as an in-chamber's opinion, in such matters if they wish. A circuit justice may sit as a judge on the court of appeals of that circuit, but over the past hundred years, this has rarely occurred. A circuit justice sitting with the court of appeals has seniority over the chief judge of the circuit. The Chief Justice has traditionally been assigned to the District of Columbia Circuit, the Fourth Circuit, which includes Maryland and Virginia, the states surrounding the District of Columbia, and since it was established, the Federal Circuit. Each associate justice is assigned to one or two judicial circuits. As of November 20, 2020, the allotment of the justices among the circuits is as follows. District of Columbia Circuit. Chief Justice Roberts. First Circuit. Justice Breyer. 2nd Circuit. Justice Sotomayor. 3rd Circuit. Justice Alito. 4th Circuit. Chief Justice Roberts. 5th Circuit. Justice Alito. 6th Circuit. Justice Kavanaugh. 7th Circuit. Justice Barrett. 8th Circuit. Justice Kavanaugh. Ninth Circuit. Justice Gagum. 10th Circuit. Justice Gorsuch. 11th Circuit. Justice Thomas. Federal Circuit. Chief Justice Roberts. Six of the current justices are assigned to circuits on which they previously sat as circuit judges Chief Justice Roberts, D.C. Circuit, Justice Breyer, First Circuit, Justice Sotomayor, Second Circuit, Justice Alito, Third Circuit, Justice Barrett, Seventh Circuit, and Justice Gorsuch, Tenth Circuit. Process A term of the Supreme Court commences on the first Monday of each October and continues until June or early July of the following year. Each term consists of alternating periods of around two weeks, known as sittings and recesses. Justices hear cases and deliver rulings during sittings, they discuss cases and write opinions during recesses. Case selection Nearly all cases come before the court by way of petitions for writs of certiorari, commonly referred to as cert. The court may review any case in the federal courts of appeals by writ of certiorari granted upon the petition of any party to any civil or criminal case. The court may only review final judgments rendered by the highest court of a state in which a decision could be had if those judgments involve a question of federal statutory or constitutional law. The party that appealed to the court is the petitioner and the non-mover is the respondent. All case names before the court are styled petitioner v. respondent, regardless of which party initiated the lawsuit in the trial court. For example, criminal prosecutions are brought in the name of the state and against an individual. As in State of Arizona v. Ernesto Miranda. If the defendant is convicted, and his conviction then is affirmed on appeal in the state's Supreme Court, when he petitions for cert the name of the case becomes Miranda v. Arizona. There are situations where the court has original jurisdiction, such as when two states have a dispute against each other, or when there is a dispute between the United States and a state. In such instances, a case is filed with the Supreme Court directly. Examples of such cases include United States v. Texas a case to determine whether a parcel of land belonged to the United States or to Texas, and Virginia v. Tennessee, a case turning on whether an incorrectly drawn boundary between two states can be changed by a state court, and whether the setting of the correct boundary requires congressional approval. Although it has not happened since 1794 in the case of Georgia v. Brailsford, parties in an action at law in which the Supreme Court has original jurisdiction may request that a jury determine issues of fact. Georgia v. Brailsford remains the only case in which the court has impaneled a jury, in this case a special jury. Two other original jurisdiction cases involve colonial era borders and rights under navigable waters in New Jersey v. Delaware, and water rights between riparian states upstream of navigable waters in Kansas v. Colorado. A cert petition is voted on at a session of the court called a conference. A conference is a private meeting of the nine justices by themselves, the public and the justices' clerks are excluded. The Rule of Four permits four of the nine justices to grant a writ of certiorari. If it is granted, the case proceeds to the briefing stage, otherwise, the case ends. Except in death penalty cases and other cases in which the court orders briefing from the respondent, the respondent may, but is not required to, file a response to the cert petition. The court grants a petition for cert only for compelling reasons, spelled out in the Court's Rule 10. Such reasons include Resolving a conflict in the interpretation of a federal law or a provision of the federal constitution. Correcting an egregious departure from the accepted and usual course of judicial proceedings. Resolving an important question of federal law, or to expressly review a decision of a lower court that conflicts directly with a previous decision of the court. When a conflict of interpretations arises from differing interpretations of the same law or constitutional provision issued by different federal circuit courts of appeals, lawyers call this situation a circuit split. If the court votes to deny a cert petition, as it does in the vast majority of such petitions that come before it, it does so typically without comment. A denial of a cert petition is not a judgment on the merits of a case, and the decision of the lower court stands as the case's final ruling. To manage the high volume of cert petitions received by the court each year, of the more than 7,000 petitions the court receives each year, it will usually request briefing and hear oral argument in 100 or fewer. The court employs an internal case management tool known as the cert pool. Currently, all justices except for Justices Alito and Gorsuch participate in the cert pool. The Law School of America. This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast.